0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Hey guys, it's me, your rent a Lisa Stanley. Today's episode is pretty exciting for me. Full disclosure, I love her. She's my friend. Her name is Lucy Walsh. She's an actress, singer, songwriter, and pianist. And it doesn't hurt that her dad is Joe Walsh. Uh, We're going to talk about all things Lucy, though, today. Hi, Luce. Hi, Lise. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to my podcast. Woo! It's always so fun to get to interview my friends. Even though we don't see each other a lot, we don't talk a lot, when we do, we pick up right as if it was yesterday, right? Exactly. We literally walked in in mid-sentence with each other in the hallway. It is true. It is true. (laughs) And uh, Crystal's here with us today. Say hi, Crystal. Hey, everyone. Crystal's uh, filling in and could become the permanent Anthony, for those of you who listen to the podcast. And you wonder yes. where Anthony is. <laughs> Anthony went on to bigger, better things. <laughs> Anything is bigger than this, but not better, I imagine. In any case, uh, let's talk about you, Lucy. Uh, you were born in Santa Barbara. You grew up, as I mentioned in the open, in a very talented family. Your dad yeah. is Joe Walsh from yeah. the Eagles. Um, do you have brothers and sisters, full sisters or just half sisters and brothers?
2: I'm an only child, but I have like nine brothers and sisters. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay, if you guys could figure that out, that means one of those parents fathered or mothered others. Yes, one or all. Yes, it's very wow. complicated. Are, are any of those nine siblings, and let's just for sake of uh, reality, call them half uh, siblings, sure, sure. are any of them in the business like you? Wow. Mm, she has to think about that. Probably no. Probably not. <laughs> no. None. None. No. You're it? Yeah. Now, are any of these spawned from your dad's side or your mom? So,
2: on my mom's side, I have two sisters and a brother. And then on my dad's side, I have three brothers and a sister who passed away. And I guess I have eight. Is that? I don't even know how many is that.
1: (laughs) How many is that? uh, To me, that's three and three. That's six right now. So seven? Yeah, you must have seven. Seven. You're seven. Well, I guess
2: I'm thinking nine. Maybe someone's going to get married again and I'll have more siblings. That must be what's in my brain. I must be, you know. She's
1: she's putting it out there. And none of these boys picked up a guitar like their dad. None of these people got into the business. Just you. I have a brother on my
2: mom's side who's an incredibly talented musician. But doesn't do it for a living but doesn't do it for a living. He's an insanely gifted mixologist actually. He's very oh. passionate about mixology and
1: and I'm passionate about drinking, so I get yeah, along so with Yeah, so you two should be friends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then I have a younger
2: I have an, a brother on my dad's side who who is interested in becoming an actor. Oh, okay. Um what's the age range in your family? The age range is from uh 21 to 39.
1: 21 to 39. Wow. Yeah. Was it hard, uh, even though you were the only uh, child between your father and your mother, uh, was it hard growing up as a daughter of a rock star? Well, I don't have anything to compare it to. Well, there's a good answer. I gotta say.
2: Yeah. You know, people are always asking, oh, is that crazy? And you know, it was just my reality. So uh, I gotta say it was I've always looked at it for the gifts that are in it and kind of let the rest go. There's a lot of craziness surrounding who having a rock star in the family and being an artist myself. Um, but my mom kept me really far from it when I was young. I had a very normal childhood. I, she really kept me away from... Did you know what your dad did? You know, I used to think my dad was in the Beatles. Ah! <laughs>
1: Well, and they'd say kind of close. <laughs> yeah, kind of close. Kind of
2: close. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yes. kind of and close. they'd say, "Oh,
1: which one is he?" And I'd say, "Joe." <laughs> How old were you when you knew uh, that this is what you wanted to do? 3. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Just performing in front of your mom and family
2: and uh, I saw Gone with the Wind and I saw Vivian Lee and I pointed at the screen and I said, "That's what I am." And I never questioned my path ever Ever. in my life. It was set. I never had that like fallout that a lot of people have after high school and college where they don't really know what they're passionate about, you know. Uh, luckily, I, I always knew it hit me really young. Um, as far as music, I grew up in a musical family, not only my father, but he always jokes that the talent went from his mom and skipped a generation and landed on me because his mother, my grandmother Walsh, uh, was a classical pianist for the New York City and New Jersey Ballet. Which ballets. is why you took up playing piano. Classical piano, we'll exactly. talk about that in yeah. a minute, right? So not only on the Walsh side, but then on my mom's side, her mother sang, you know, all the gospel hymns with me, so I grew up singing three-part harmonies. So my ear for harmony... I, was, I, I didn't have a shot. You didn't have
1: a shot in hell. <laughs> I could have wanted to be a dentist, but were it was never going to work. Were your parents upset by uh, the fact that you wanted to be in the business? Did your dad or mom try to, to dissuade you, especially your dad, who had seen quite a bit, um, and let's just say it like it is, your dad's sober, but he was drugged up for a long time, so did he worry that this was what would happen to you? The only rule was I was not allowed to date a musician. Oh, <laughs> you were allowed to be one. I was but allowed you to be allowed one. Allowed to date. Right. And whose rule was that? Your mom's. My dad's. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Because well, he knew what those musicians were like. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But other
2: than that, they supported me completely. There was never anything where they said they always made whatever I wanted happen. And I, I was like, get me into ballet class, okay. And, you know, I was a pre-professional ballerina yes. for my young life. Get me into piano class. I said, Mom, get me into acting class. And she said, no, not until you're 16. Oh. And I was begging, begging, begging my whole childhood. And the day I turned 16, I handed her the phone and I said, get me in an acting class. Well, wow, you
1: waited that long. You, you, I waited. Yeah. You did it. <laughs> yeah, I
2: waited. I'm telling you. So I'm really grateful for that childhood because, I, you know, I went to normal school. I wasn't around celebrity. Um, I mean, you're pretty normal now as an
1: adult, so... And I thank
2: my mom for that because she really cultivated a a beautiful childhood for me where I was free to do whatever I wanted, which was the ballet, the music, the piano. What
1: kind of stuff. music did you listen to growing up?
2: I listened to Cat Stevens, Jim Croce, The Cars, Wow,
1: The Beach Boys. You're awfully young for those... Uh, uh, people, my stepdad
2: really gave me a great music education in the house
1: by just playing. All yeah, of he what would you? play
2: me the mu- his music, and so I really learned all the old stuff. Um, and then, you know, and then yeah i had i'm so lucky i had two who dads who influenced
1: you the most uh in music my two fathers oh really more yeah. so than like a cat steven oh i see or, what you're saying i thought yeah. you meant in my personal life oh no life. no I, I i i have to think it had to be your dad for sure was one of them yeah, but, in, yeah. but in the music world and you're listening and you're a kid and you're like i want it when i sing and when i get out there yeah. i want to sing like blah blah probably god that's a good question you
2: know, I always liked the harmonies, so, like, it, like more than a solo singer, I was more drawn to, like, the Beach Boys and the Beatles and what they were doing with the harmonies because I'd had that background with my grandmother in the gospel music, and so... Um, it was bands like that. Maybe the Beach Boys, I'd say. Really? Yeah, because I wanted to sing with people and make those harmonies. Wow, you never fantasized like a Madonna being Madonna. No, or,
1: you know, you never wanted. Which is that. interesting,
2: because I went on to be signed at Island F Jam and made a total record that sounded like Madonna. Madonna.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I bring Madonna yeah. up. It's, it's curious.
2: Uh, I've to had me a, that... a very interesting journey with my music. <laughs> <laughs> and in school, did you play music? Did, yes, were you part I did. Of the band. I was never. It was very odd. I was never in the choir, which doesn't make sense. But you know what? I was busy with ballet. That was why. Um, but and piano and piano. But I would come home and play the piano, and I would be playing some ditty, and my mom would walk in and go, "Where did you learn that?" And I'd say, "Oh, I heard the kids singing it in the classroom next door." So you play by ear. I play by ear, and I just saw Rocket Man and Elton as a young boy was doing the same thing in the scene where he was playing something that he had heard, and the and the grandmother
1: walked in. I went, oh my god, that's what I used to do when I was a kid. Isn't that crazy? Um, Did you play music with your dad when you were younger? I know you do now. Was that a bonding? Is that how you two bonded? It's always been how we bond. It still is. Really? Oh, yeah.
2: Through the music. Yep. Always through the music. That is the one thing that we can do together that makes all else disappear. He must be so proud of you.
1: I'm proud of you. You're not my kid. I hope he is. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me all the time. He Were is. you in any of the school plays or musicals? Nothing. No, you didn't. I wasn't of that? in the drama department. I was. But again, Lizzie... I know I was
2: in ballet five days a week because anything I say I want to do, I jump in. I'm all in.
1: Well, you mentioned earlier um, about we 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 know about the ballet, and we and I think part of the reason you did ballet and piano is because you mentioned earlier that your grandmother was the pianist for the New York City Ballet. Yes. So she played the piano for the ballet. Hence, you wanted to do both those things. Was it just because you admired what she did or you really enjoyed doing that? You know, kids sometimes just figure, let me just emulate what my parents think I should be doing. Sure.
2: I never felt that. No. I was never aware of what I should be doing. I just knew what I was meant to do is what it felt like. Like I just always followed that next step whatever it was it was just uh yeah i never felt that pressure thank god from my family to do anything like that it was interesting on the side of the walsh grandmother who played for the ballet she could only sight read she could not play by ear so i had these two different worlds from the different sides of the family because your mother's uh, mother did not sight read only played by ear so when i was a young person my dad put me with a private music coach and I, have how does your
1: dad do it? by sight or by he ear? does it
2: by ear? That's where you get it from. Yeah. So he put you. So he put me with this Juilliard master of a music teacher, and I proceeded for the next and I'm still still. Um, for a long time, I was five days a week, an hour every morning, and now I have a massive music education. To, where, to the point where I, I tutor uh, people at USC who are getting their doctorates in music because my music education with the private teacher is so much more wow. than you would get in college. A gift, huh? Such a what gift. What a
1: gift. Now, what's so funny about your world is originally, now I see why originally your idea of just doing music meant so much to you, but then you uh, toured with Maroon 5, yep. Bruno Mars, mm-hmm. and One Republic. Yes, I was the only girl on that tour what in the heck must that have been like that was incredible tell us it a little was bit like, about it we want to pretend we were there yeah well, i yeah. wish you had come to one of the shows we, we um i did i didn't know you then did i i don't know how long ago did you do bruno mars gosh it was was like, it the grenade tour he was opening for maroon too
2: So it was one tour That was Maroon One Republic Bruno All of us On the same tour So I was literally The only girl Wow (laughs) It was nuts It was So incredible Because we played Stadiums all over We, You know we played I've Not only with Maroon Through other people I've toured with I've played Madison Square Like three times Wow I've played Staples I've played You know The biggest venues In the world And then I've played Hotel Cafe And the smallest rooms in the world and what do you like better oh they're so different I will tell you to be on a stage like Madison Square is a surreal experience because you are in you feel like you're in outer space because you're standing in and it's all dark it's all blackness yeah you can't see you can't see anything and there's a spotlight on you and you know that your face is 50 feet tall on a screen it's so strange and then i i think i prefer a little
1: room yeah i agree because you can connect i think so you much better have, you can have eye contact with someone and really get emotional yeah. with your music um you made an album was that before or after that tour that was right before and what about uh mtv's rock the cradle when did that <laughs> when did that happen that happened right before that tour also. They gave you great reviews. They did. I got the highest judges score of yeah, the you whole did. season. Um, for those of you that don't remember Rock the Cradle,
2: tell them which, what kind of a show it was. Oh, my God. So it was a competition singing show on live television on MTV, and it w- we were all daughters and sons of rock stars. Ah, okay. That was the hook. Ah,
1: that's and, pretty good, right? And we
2: competed every week, and America voted, and it was right before social media. So...
1: Otherwise, you would have creamed out. Otherwise. You would have won. I know. You would have won if there was social media. Are you kidding me? But it's me? interesting to think about that. But you were named favored rock star daughter by CBS News. I was. Yes, I say was. <laughs> Who was that
2: up against? We don't know. Everyone? <laughs> I'm saying every daughter
1: of every rock star. I won. I'm the winner. (laughs) You did. Um, But then somewhere along the way, even though this wasn't even on your radar, you got the acting bug. Well, it had always been there. Really? Because I I read that really your passion was music. They interchange all the time. But what I will say is I always feel
2: like acting came first because that moment when I saw Vivian Lee, is that was that
1: your favorite uh, movie, Gone with the Wind? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. she's my favorite, <laughs> and and
2: she changed your life. At three she years did. Old. She did. She really set me on knowing what I was supposed to follow. Um, and so it got to a point where I couldn't stand it anymore that I wasn't acting because it had been what was pulling at me my whole life, and every time music is such. An intrinsic part of me
1: That I don't really I can't tell where it ends and But what I, happens If someone came down And said You get one choice Lucy You get to act Or you get to sing I
2: think it would be acting Okay I All know right. I know it would be acting
1: Really? Yeah And I don't say that Lightly With
2: not being grateful For my music Because my music Means a lot to me
1: Well it bonded you And your dad for sure Sure um, You're a terrific singer You've been able to go On these big tours With these huge acts So music is definitely um, Important to you sure but if if you had the choice it would it would be so I was on
2: that maroon tour and I was in the back of a van and all these men which is not a big deal I'm used to that on tour but something like punched me in the face about my acting and I just said I have got to choose because I have got to make this happen I cannot stand this and I made a major decision which was to stop touring to stay in Los Angeles to get an agent to get in an acting class, to get good and pay my dues. And that's what I've been doing.
1: (laughs) And then my life changed. and, And I'll tell you two words how it changed. Gary Marshall yes right yes God rest his soul do I miss that man what a great man he was I miss him so, so for much. those of you who don't remember uh, Gary Marshall was a giant producer uh, director an actor himself as a matter of fact he produced Happy Days Laverne and Shirley he is Penny Marshall's brother has since passed um, and you uh, took to him uh, like butter on bread and he to you <laughs> yes. and basically he became your mentor yeah right yeah and it puts you In Mother's Day Was Mm -hmm. that the first movie He put you in Yes He saw me In
2: a Shakespeare play I've been doing a lot of Shakespeare. I've done 13 plays in the
1: last... I know. And every time she does it, Crystal, she invites me. I know,
2: and you never God come. God love you. When you
1: Take me. God no. love you. Okay, Crystal's if, coming. I yes. mean, I am not kidding you. Every single time she will invite me, I'll be so excited, and then I'll look at the calendar and I go, son of a You're bitch. You're a busy woman. What do you want? Son of a bitch. Like, I know. She tries so hard, but I swear to you, I am coming well, to the we make one. our time. Look, we're bonding. We're here right now. We're spending time together. But I really I really do want to see your performance because I Gary had said so. You're brilliant.
2: Yeah. Well, four of those plays have been Shakespeare plays, and where I'm actually my theater company. I study with Gloria Gifford, and we are a theater company, and we are now nominated by the NAACP. For Uh, Theatre awards, which are coming up in a few weeks. Did you study
1: Shakespeare in school? No. Well, then how did that happen? I studied with
2: Gloria, and when we have we we do three months of rehearsal and three months of performance, so I get six months on a Shakespeare play.
1: Because that is not easy dialogue. Uh,
2: No, and we cut the four-hour Antony and Cleopatra down to two and a half hours using the Royal Shakespeare Company's cut. We went through word for word, line by line, and copied what they had done. And I played Cleopatra for three months. And the NAACP has nominated us coming up here. And Gary came to see me in a Shakespeare play and screen tested me for Mother's Day. And I got cast opposite Jason Sudeikis. Not
1: just that. Um, he took a song of yours and put it in the movie. Yes. How he cool did. is that? My
2: song Winter Coat is in a Julia Roberts scene in the Hello. movie. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so the music and the acting, that's
1: why I say they're, you it know. It came together. Yeah, it always it is together. intertwining. Um, all right. So let's talk about your debut Shakespearean performance. Okay. Yeah. As, was it Ariel? Yes, Lisa. <laughs> I
0: may woman. not have been there.
1: I may not have been there, but I do my homework. You are. <laughs> this is why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> yeah, they don't pay me the big bucks. But anyway, um, so tell us about that. What That must have been the most daunting experience of your life, even more so than standing on the stage at Madison Square Gardens. It changed my life. I played Ariel in The Tempest.
2: Ariel is played as a man or a woman for the last 500 years and I performed her for 28 performances in a gold bodysuit and
1: she is Was th- she different every night or was she the same every night? The
2: same and the makeup was intense. It was all this face makeup and and this jeweled I took a swim cap and totally bedazzled it and we came up me and Gloria my my director came up with this look for her and she's this magical spirit that, you know, tells the tale of this this magical play about brothers that Shakespeare wrote on this island, this magical island. And it was life-changing. Absolutely. I started out in the audience were at the scared? beginning. I was terrified.
1: <laughs> that again were is... Were afraid that you were... Here's what I want to know. When people do Shakespeare, this is... I've never got to ask anybody who's done Shakespeare this. Were you more afraid of screwing up the Shakespearean verbiage? <laughs> Shakespearean <laughs> Or verbi- falling out of my jumpsuit. Yes! <laughs> yes! What were you more worried about? The wardrobe malfunction or screwing up the li- the Ooh, words? I, I have
2: had some... Amazing wardrobe malfunctions in the Shakespeare. I know, and I did have one with that bodysuit because I got it at a stripper shop on Hollywood Boulevard. (laughs) And after a while, because you're sweating so much, because it's like you're, it's it's zipped up all the way, and you're just sweating inside of it, so it like ate through the material after a while, and the zipper totally came undone one performance. That
1: was oh horrible, God. and I had to
2: go buy another one.
1: But when that happens, and you're in the middle of a performance, and you're "thou shall not" or whatever the hell you're
2: saying, what do you do? Well, one uh, in another play in Much Ado About no- or uh, Comedy of Errors, I was wearing a corset, and it was just buttoned up the and my breasts are coming out of it and I had this big monologue where I'm just having this temper tantrum and I get up and I have to do this monologue with my arms straight out and I'm facing the audience and it was hanging by one button and everyone on stage was like Ooh! <laughs> Yes. and I could but you kept going I kept going I couldn't do anything I thought well if this bus opened right now the audience is going to get extra for their money tonight wow. but it did not thank God I think that's the night Gary was there too in the audience which oh would no have... wonder he cast you in Mother's now, Day now <laughs> maybe
1: that would have changed things I don't know has your mom and dad been to see you perform Shakespeare oh yes oh now I feel bad my dad <laughs> my, you don't need to do what the parents are responsible I, I kinda for I kind of got to do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah my dad saw that aerial performance in the tempest. He not that particular one. Where not your that button night. Was no, no, no. He saw on a good night, and he was just. He didn't say much. No, he was just floored. Yeah, I bet he was floored that his daughter could do that. Right? I think so. Oh, he, he doesn't ever amazing. really
1: say say much, but you know that he. All right, you mentioned this earlier, that your production of uh, Anthony and Cleopatra has been nominated in two categories, which you did not mention. Uh, For an NAACP Theater Awards, it takes place June 17th. Yep. And what are the awards, uh, the categories you're nominated in?
2: You are going to laugh so hard. I am personally nominated for Costume Design. (laughs) (laughs) Because actors, since the time of Shakespeare, have been designing their own costumes and playing the lead at the same time. So, hilarious that that's How my... How ironic. I know. Is that you have all these costume issues, yet you're
1: now the designer.
2: Yes, exactly. And then we are nominated for Best Director with Gloria Gifford. Oh,
1: well, that's And well she deserved. won last
2: year for another of our Shakespeare yeah, plays. Yeah, I remember that yeah. last so year. Yeah, so we are just, we're award-winning with every one of our productions, and it's really exciting, and we really appreciate the support of the NAACP. Where
1: uh, where are these productions, these Shakespearean productions? We now have
2: our own theater in Hollywood at Wilcox and Santa Monica Boulevard. What's the name of the theater? The Gloria, is it the Gloria, Gifford, the Gloria theater? Gifford Conservatory. Yes, and um, we've moved around, but we have our own space. We're really excited about that. We've already done several productions that have been really successful.
1: That's so fantastic! All right, so now you're going to be singing again. The music is coming back because I guess at the end of the day, you really can never get rid of your music, right? No. When you say you stopped with the music, I think you. I mean, didn't. Well, I think here's I stopped what you stopped touring mean. with
2: a bunch of guys. I think you
1: stopped touring and probably you, you're not making albums right anymore. I'm working on new are
2: music you are now? Yep. Okay. Yes, but I have not exactly. I haven't toured on an album right, since exactly. I focused on the Shakespeare.
1: But you can hear her sing if uh, you'd like. And uh, we'll tell you about that in one second. Be right back.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Okay, so we were talking about you uh, singing, and the fact is that you still sing, and you still are going to put out some new music, yep. even though it's not your number one priority. But you have been asked to sing the national anthem, um, and tell us about that. I'm singing the national anthem for the Angel
2: City Games. They are a wonderful charity. Is that at Dodger Stadium? No, it is
1: at UCLA. Ah. Uh, but you've sang the the anthem at Dodger Stadium before. I have for a Dodger Mets game. Yes. That was also scary. That's why I like to make myself do the anthem, because it's challenging. We didn't sing, Gary uh, and I, my co-host of The Morning Shrine, but we did throw out the first pitch, and I did catch the first pitch. Nice. And I did catch it, not to brag, in five-inch pink stiletto heels. (gasps) Oh, yes, girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I can't even sing in five no, inches. No, I wouldn't be singing, but <laughs> I did. I did. That's I did impressive. Catch okay, so this is uh, June twenty second. Starts the at event, UCLA. Correct? Yes,
2: um, the Angel City Games. They
1: are a four day. Paralympic, th- yeah. Paralympic, Paralympic games, games. Yeah. games, yes. And you're going to be singing in front of some very powerful people, my friend. I am. I Have know. you already sang in front of President Clinton? Yes. Okay. What was that <laughs> check, like? Check, check, check. And Maria Shriver, that and, and Tiger Woods. They were all on the check. same day. How does that feel? Did you know that they were there when you began, or they told you after? Bill Clinton. Yeah.
2: Oh, I was on stage with the three of them. It was the four of us. And we were in front of about 500 news cameras. It was for the opening of Tiger Tiger Woods Learning Center in Orange County. And that was a cappella with no music. So that was.
1: Just the anthem? Yep. Can you do a little? Oh, my
2: God. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What so proudly we hail wow. at the twilight's last gleaming. Wow!
1: Come <laughs> on, Lucy! That is stellar. I'm not going to go to the hard part right now. Oh, my God. No, that was impromptu and stellar. That My hair raised yeah, on wow. my arms. That was amazing. That was beautiful, just that little part. Do you do anything different than anybody else when they're doing the anthem? What do I you study do?
2: as many versions as I can just to decide what I want to try next. you don't study next. like Roseanne Barr. No, no, no. Those no, I, I try not to watch the traumatizing <laughs> ones because I don't want that in my brain.
1: Or Fergie. Who failed viciously last year. Well, you know, she she tried something. I mean, that's beautiful. What do you do different in yours? Where do you meet, meet your twist? I try to
2: really think about what I'm saying and tell the story. So I would say I approach it as an actor. Oh. Because acting and singing are the same in that they're storytelling. Wow. And so, you know, you hear a lot of people sing it on automatic, like, oh, say, can you see? Right. And they're not, the words don't mean anything to them. So they're just trying to get through it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Before I perform it, I write it out. Probably 50 times I write out the lyrics And I look up words And I look up the history About why the song was written When it was written What they're talking about The history of what's in the song I mean if you listen to those words It's a story And so I think that makes Every
1: performance different for me Wow That is pretty incredible Do you know who will be up on stage With you uh, this time? So this will be for the Celebrity wheelchair basketball
2: game So I will be on a basketball court I don't know who will be there. I'd like, you know, these amazing Paralympians to be around me. I'd like them to be with me.
1: Are they Are they not usually? No, people kind of give you your
2: space. But I want I think I want to invite people to come up and stay. with me this really time. That would be really cool. Yeah, because really, it's really for them. Cool. We're there. You know, right. It's, it's yeah. their I mean, event. it's their
1: event, yeah. right? So I'm sure you can do that. Wow. I mean, I'm just floored by that. I know you're a good singer, but that to me is the test of a good singer. A, singing the National Anthem, and B, doing it right on cue like that. Bravo to you. Uh, you also mentioned you're teaching a teen acting class. Yes. So tell us about that. So, Gloria and I,
2: my coach, call her Gloria, we uh, have, since we have our own theater space now, we have all these exciting ideas for what to do with it and, and all these different classes and... Uh, we just want to teach a teen class because there's a high demand for it. And she has much experience teaching children and teens. She's been teaching. For... Is this
1: just Shakespeare?
2: No, this will oh. be all kinds of stuff. It'll be how to audition. It'll be, you know, oh, how fun. Uh, improv. It'll be from what
1: ages to what ages? We're
2: doing uh 13 to 19. So really teens, mm-hmm. technically, you know, and It'll be an adventure. We already have... It's already filling up. We're doing sessions, and and we're doing it at the new theater, and and I'm going to take the leap and and teach it based on, you know, Gloria will be overseeing the, you know... Right. She'll she'll be the coach's coach. Yeah. She's the (laughs) coach. Every coach needs a coach. So it's very exciting for me. I bet. And I'm really... I feel really grateful. I hope you're
1: going to teach them what you just said here about... Anything to do is with the singing or with acting is to learn the words, what they mean, and then to tell it in a story. And I I really think that's genius. I'm sure that many actors feel the same way, or uh, some musicians must even. Have you ever discussed this with your father when they're out on the road with the Eagles? Is that how he performs? Yes, that's where...
2: I I learned it on the acting front from my coach, from Gloria, for sure. And then on the singing side, growing up around the Eagles, their music is all storytelling. And they do it that way. And they do it that way. I
1: once interviewed your dad, and he once said that the biggest fear he has when he goes on stage is whipping out that guitar and starting to play, you know the song, with that guitar open. Hello, Hotel California. He says that is so daunting for him. And he says, I wish I never came up with that riff because now I gotta play it live. He
2: always says, if I knew I was gonna have to play it so many years later, I would have written something else. That's
1: exactly, exactly (laughs) what he said. But if he does it in story form, it wouldn't be so bad. That's right. I think Maybe you need to coach dad. Yeah. I'm just thinking that is brilliant advice. Yeah. I think it's fantastic advice with anything, but especially in music and acting. It's like to be humbled by the
2: material every time you go to do it, I think, is what you feel. So you want to stay
1: grateful, and that's hard to do. That's hard to do for some people.
2: Sometimes it's hard when life is, you know... Falling in on you And you feel like Nothing's going your way And everything's just Right Difficult It's hard to stay connected To gratitude But it is what keeps me In the light Every morning I wake up And my sister and I Have this thing Where we text each other Five things we're grateful for And we do it every morning And it really helps me Just stay in the light and focus Because <laughs> I can go into the dark Really easily
1: well I imagine okay um, you're also involved which is a personal thing to me as well Alzheimer's uh, yes. charities um, it hits home with me my grandmother died uh, from it your grandfather died from it yes um, and I, I I mean that is such a horrifying disease I don't, was this the grandfather that was married to the was this grandfather Walsh this is grandfather Boyer
2: my okay. mom's dad and I have begun working closely with the Alzheimer's Association because I'm writing a book, and I'm writing a book about the love letters that I have from my grandfather to my grandmother from World War II. Hold
1: on, here, which I brought you has today. Has them. Oh my gosh!
2: I brought Get them for you out. to see. <gasps>
1: I know wow. you listening can't see
2: these, but Lisa might try to describe them for you.
1: Oh, my God. Oh my they're, first of all, they're on envelopes that don't even exist anymore. And stamps and that are stamps incredible. And stamps that are insane. So take this one out and hold it in your hands. You can take the letter out. And oh, look. my God. So I have 63 of my grandfather's letters. again with you. What's going on here? All right, look at these letters. <gasps> Hello, oh, I I don't even think I can read this. I might start crying. Um. Hello, my darling. I sure hope I won't still be writing to you this time next year, sweetie. I hope I'm with you at home getting ready to do a little celebrity of our own celebrating celebrating. The writing's very own. hard to
2: read in some places. Oh
1: my god, this is phenomenal. So I was
2: given Where did you find these? My grandmother gave them to me before she passed and I don't know why, but she gave them to the right person because I'm the family historian and I'm always collecting information. And I Your mother must be just freaked out by this, right? Yeah. I knew that they have to be a movie directed by Ron Howard or Spielberg, but I didn't know how to get it to that level. And it was, again, like if something if I'm supposed to be doing something, it starts to lightly tap me and then it starts to hit me and then it starts to punch me in the face. And so this project is doing the same thing. So I thought, okay, I have to get it out somehow. I'm just going to write a book. And what I had done was I went to my grandmother's nursing home and interviewed her on camera for three days about her life to fill in the story around these letters and just to
1: pursue I I have an idea for you. You go ahead and finish and I'm going to tell you. So
2: now I have completed the first draft of my book.
1: Oh, my gosh, Lucy.
2: And my grandfather, who wrote these letters, died of Alzheimer's. And that is a big part of the book. So I have recently connected with the Alzheimer's Association, and I will be singing a benefit concert in Santa Barbara on June 24th for the association. And
1: Okay, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Never mind Ron Howard. Uh, never mind Steven Spielberg. You need to talk to Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks. That's who you need to talk guess to. Guess who I
2: have in the first draft on the forward page to do it. It's got to be Rita. It says... Forward by Tom Hanks.
1: It's got to be both of them. Even though I haven't asked him yet. I think she's involved also with Alzheimer's. She is. Her Her mother, mother, right? Her mother. Her mother. And I just had her on my podcast. Yes, And we just talked all about that. And, you know, she's a big movie producer. I don't know that people know this uh, about Rita. Did you know she produced the Mamma Mia's? Oh, yes. And the big fat Greek wedding. Okay. So this is right up her alley. Her and Tom. Yeah. You need to get them out. On board. Well, he's
2: already involved, even though he doesn't know it. And I will definitely (laughs) reach out to Rita. They have been so loving and supportive of me. Tom is a bit of a mentor as well. And Rita, too. That's
1: your ticket right there. Yep. That box has their name on it. Yeah. They will do a movie like Nobody's Business. I know. I see it. Oh, I see it. He will want to star in it.
2: Yes, I hope so. He will. And so, you know, the book deals with a lot of different things. She can write some music for it. Sure. Her and I can write the score.
1: Oh my yes, I see it. I'm and you can produce as well. You oh, need to be listen, involved as well. I got news for you. That's a done deal what's happening here. Lucy, yeah. that's going to happen. I'm telling you right now, that's going to happen, as sure as I told another friend of mine, Aaron Cohen. Do you remember? Aaron Cohen came in. He was a stunt guy. He he first came from the Israeli yes. uh, Israeli Army. Grew up in Beverly Hills. Graduated. Went and joined the Israeli Army. Ended up because of his Israeli Army um, knowledge, getting called onto movie sets for people, you know, to train to use guns and ARs and all these rifles. And his dream he said something to me I don't know what it was but I said you need to be with Sylvester Stallone in a movie and he said that's my dream my goal and guess what he's in the new Rambo starring with Sylvester Stallone nice. and he sent me a note the other day it can make me cry that it's all because of me he said I said I didn't do anything he goes you put it out there you manifested it I said no I just felt like that was happening same for you I Tom love it Lisa. Rita, you're right I'm telling you this is going to happen and you better give me the exclusive when it does. I'm going to, I <laughs> promise. I, I want to read the book once you publish it. Right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud. I mean, this first draft, you know, uh, Ernest Hemingway, I think, said the first draft of anything is pure shit, but I did it. And what did your mom say? Has she read it? I was nervous about taking it to my mom, but I really needed her help with details, facts. facts and so I just... Gently approached her about it And she has been wonderful She has sat with me for hours and hours and hours And given me all kinds of information And it's been a really hard process for her Because there's a lot in our family As in every family, this book deals with A lot of tough things It deals with the Alzheimer's It deals with alcoholism It deals with suicide I have my great-grandfather's Suicide letter right here
1: What? As part of He wrote a suicide letter on a postcard?
2: Yes, he did. So, oh my gosh. And so gosh. that's in the book, and as well as many happy things.
1: It, and it's, look how they apologize when they're killing themselves. Yeah. Goodbye and Godspeed. God bless. Oh gosh. When yeah, is this book's sp- coming it's out? It's heavy
2: stuff. I, I haven't pursued any kind of deal yet. I'm just getting it to its. As good as it can be, and my agency's really excited
1: about supporting it when the time is right. Wow. Lucy, you are doing some amazing things. And what do you want to do next?
2: I want to be in a big movie. I want to go somewhere and shoot a movie for three months and just (laughs) manifest it, dive into something. There's a couple films on the horizon that I'm really interested in doing. Um, I have a director friend who's Writing it with me in mind for the lead, and it's a really just gritty, gritty, gritty role. That because you know I've done a lot of comedy. I've do, I've been on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mother's Day was comedy, um, but I also like on. Criminal Minds played the cop in this gritty episode, and I really want—I want some darker stuff right yeah. now in my life. You
1: want to deviate from uh, the happy place for yeah. a minute? Yeah, I I've, I've been through a lot of personal things the last couple of years. You want to Work it out through your uh, acting. I, I need
2: somewhere to put it all.
1: I like it. Yeah, that's a good—that's a good one. All right, give everybody uh, social media handles and the event details for both events. Great. So on social media, I'm
2: the Lucy Walsh on Twitter and Instagram
1: people should be on the lookout uh, June 17th for the uh, theater awards. Yes, the NAACP
2: theater awards at the Biltmore downtown. All right. And then you're going to be singing the national anthem when and where? On June 22nd. 22nd. Thank you. At UCLA. (laughs) Anyone's welcome to come to that. Um, A lot of celebrities and politicians and sports stars will be there. And that's at UCLA. uh, I think around 5 p.m. Come, come watch the basketball game and support the cause.
1: And if you guys are into um, learning acting... You know how to find her on social media, or do you have a theater uh, website for them to go to? We are the Gloria Gifford Conservatory on social media, but I will post all
2: details as well. And if you've got teens that want to take my class, that would be great. There's still time to
1: sign up, and I will post details. I think we did it, Luce. I mean, honestly, you floored me today. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Bringing out that box just floored me. That is like you can feel. I know you guys can't see this, but you can feel The presence of your grandfather right here. It's unbelievable. Thank Thank you. you. I love you. Thank Thank
2: you. you I love you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?